I'm for legalizing all drugs. All of them. I want to take cocaine, blow my brains out. That's my prerogative. But we're not going to have a government welfare program that takes care of me if I blow my brains out. Right. So there wouldn't be health care for you if you do that. No. So do you believe there should be universal health care? No, not at all. Not government paid. It's none of the government's prerogative. Former Harvard professor, University of Austin, Noel Cookman, formerly Zach's dad. I'm still Joel Salatin, author, speaker, visionary, sustainable agriculture, and a bunch of food that was decimated by a bunch of hungry people here. <laughs> so pretend the camera is not here. We're, 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 I just thought, so Joel, what? I don't want to put words in your mouth because you're actually here, Joel. A lot of times I got to be like, you know what Joel would say? But Joel's actually here. (laughs) But Joel thinks that you don't think that we can just deconstruct human life and go, if we just replicate the neurons in human brains, in computers, now we've we've created a human. Is that why? and And the very notion that that is doable or even acceptable... Um, doable de- 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 yeah, they're what? totally different yeah. issues. Is, is it doable, doable or acceptable? Big one. Uh, well, I would say neither. Well, is it doable? No. He's saying no. no. Oh, wow. Okay, no, so I, I think you will be proven wrong in about 70 years. We'll see. Well, <laughs> but I grew up. <laughs> That's a good argument. Whenever, whenever I can't prove myself right, on 75 years, we'll see who's right. And when we're both dead, you'll, I'll get the last Give laugh. me 200 years. <laughs> you know, you've got to be careful about prophecies. I mean, I grew up in the 70s when I was in high school. I remember very well in science class watching movies that by the late 1980s, farmers would simply sit at a console and everything would be under a dome, environmentally controlled, and farmers would simply be punching a console and making robots do stuff. We're now, whatever, 30, 40 years past that. You know, we haven't even begun. Paul Ehrlich, I remember debating in college, and we used Paul Ehrlich all, he was this guru biologist that in the 70s was saying that by 1985, there would be no oil and no species. The guy was a total nutcase. Right. I mean, he was proven grossly wrong. And so, you know, these these kind of discussions are interesting. But for me, for me, I got to go home and make happy earthworms and move cows and and create compost. Real shit, huh? Yeah. To me, to me, it's it's almost a, an irrelevant discussion to say whether in eighty years from that way. What are humans going to be doing? I mean, we, we've we've never we've never hit it right in the past. Why would we hit, be hitting we, it right we now? Hit it once in let's, a while. let's let's instead instead of instead of wasting time on that, let's talk about how this how this hotel could serve locally based, sustainably grown, hydrologically encouraging, earthworm copulating, facilitating food. I knew it all boiled down to me. That's your benefit. Copulating Dr. Buss is an evolutionary psychologist who says all of life basically boils down to reproduction and mate. 
Life on Earth, and maybe everywhere, not inanimate things. Only I mean, with sexually reproducing species. Yeah, yeah. Of which we are one. Yeah, yeah. So does the same thing apply for things that are asexual that don't have gender? Yeah, and, uh, asexual is a different ballgame. I mean, they, but they're not very successful. <laughs> on average, you know, because because they, they don't produce the variation. That's yes. kind of the issue we were talking about earlier. Actually, Alex was uh, highlighting that. You know, that that's the key: is sexual reproduction reproduction produces this incredible variation, and then selection can then pick the best variants from that variation. Yes. Genetic variability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, well, which a, is extremely, which is extremely, it has built in. Um, protections that are extremely non-mechanical. Yes, the term so it's it, not it is robust, meaning the parameters and environment can change, and it would still survive because there's variability. Yeah, yeah. One core thing, though, and we're talking about this in the worldview. Joel is Christian, and Alex is zero religion influenced. I mean, zero thought of God or anything. So. He doesn't mind reducing human thought to something. Mm-hmm. You could just break it down. If you could break it down yeah, enough, right, right, you could rebuild yeah. it in a computer. Right. Whereas Joel thinks there's some, there's a soul that yeah. is not replaceable and somehow yes. goes through the sperm and egg to the next person. Right. That it's the spark of life. It's like mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't believe. It's not here. This is just pumps blood. He does not know if you don't believe there's any soul. You don't think there's no. So let me ask you this. Just try, so I want to just play. I end up now a day's playing middleman here, um, which Noel thinks I need to take a stand more and everything. But I do have a stand, but it's more interesting. I already know my opinion, so I want to hear other people's. So why can't we or will we ever be able to create life? From the first spark, if there's no, because I think Joel, that that's like the spark. It's like we can't take a computer. Well, I mean, I mean, we can't take something dead and make it alive. Why can't we? I mean, no, can all, we? I'm yeah, I mean, it's already happening. Genetic splicing. We make, we take a piece of chromosome, turn it into a, into life all day. So, are you saying like non-biological system, like comp- completing a computer? Yes. Yeah, I just it's a matter of understanding the complexities so of the brain. We are not the computers aren't powerful enough. Yet. Yes, that's exactly. But once the they are, once they'll they be able are. to do it. Yes. And Joel says they'll never they won't be able to. It's an interesting bet. I think I'm going to win that bet. Bet in 75 years. Yeah. <laughs> Check back to the show in the podcast in 75 years. We will have the- we, we we will see when every knee will bow and every tongue confess. There it is. We'll see. We'll see who's right. Craig agrees with Joel. Another question is, has any human being ever exercised free will? As as differentiated from the illusion of free will. There's the illusion. That's a very, that is one of the most fascinating. That is hard. Sam Harris wrote a book called Free Will and makes a strong point that humans have no free will. Joel, this is one that a Christian Mm-hmm. Can take both sides because yeah, oh yeah. there's Sovereign Christians and, that are Calvinistic free will, yeah, that say there were the whole group the Calvinists that yeah. said if you're born going to hell you going to hell yeah and if you're if you were ordained to be a Christian you are so yeah. which was before the modern age of atheism that before. Calvinism was before determinism 
So what do you think? Let's, I want to hear from you, too. Well, that was my question. I texted Zach earlier. I was like, i got to ask. So let's hear Dr. Bush. Do you think free will? Does any human ever exercise free will? Is it real or is it an illusion? Uh, I think it's an illusion. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, this gets back to Cartesian dualism. You know, so explain like, that to those of us uh, okay, that are not up to date on our current <laughs> our Cartesian dualism must needs a little refining. I was sick that day. I know. I watched everybody's faces. Everybody just got. Like, I just eject. I just pushed the eject button. I'm only up to the second edition. This is your five minute tutorial. Explain what is Cartesian dualism. It's just the notion that there are these two separate causal entities. One is the physical causal entities that Alex was talking about, and there's this other set that is not physical, that's supernatural, Okay, basically, that is mystical, spiritual, mm -hmm. or whatever, that we don't understand the causal... Now, of course, we don't understand a lot of the causal mechanisms involved, but uh, the notion that there are two separate essences in the world, um, I, I think is... Um, pretty much been debunked by, by modern science. So, so yes, I mean, we, we, we have a brain that's a physical system, and it produces the mind, um, and that's what we have is a physical system. Does that rule out the possibility that there's some other physical process in the universe that we don't know about? No, it doesn't. I mean, there, there could be and probably is. This notion that there are these two separate causal systems, one the physical and the other the non-physical. Cartesian dualism. Yeah, yeah, it's Cartesian dualism. And so does that go against no almost Marx. every core religious belief? Islam, Christianity, I feel like they all Hinduism. think they're... Yeah, 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 it goes against a lot of them, I, I would say. All of them. The major ones, base, the yeah. big three. Because, yeah. Well, any oh, theistic religion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Or even Hindu. Well, yeah. I mean, even a, a spirit, even an, um, an animist. Right. An animist uh, beliefs. So you think, so do you think the reason we do stuff and it appears to be free will, or we can't prove it's not free will, it's just the science isn't good enough to explain it yet, but one day it will be? Well, well no, uh, probabilistically. So, so, I mean, if you just take humans out of the equation in physics, you, it's not a totally determinist. Exactly. It's brown and it's, it, Yeah, it's yeah. probabilistic. So, so yeah. Alex can explain it better than I could. Uh, but um, yeah, you, you can predict probabilistically what electrons will do, etc. Can you predict deterministically exactly what this electron will do under the? No, you can't. But it's actually yeah. against Heisenberg's principle. Right. So you cannot know the uh, momentum yeah. and location of any particle at the same time. That's you like cannot quantum Yeah, physics, it's quantum right? physics. It's, like it's going to be prob probabilistic, but because we cannot reverse time, we cannot prove that it's not probabilistic. That is a problem. So free will be... Basically, we can never settle this argument because we cannot go back in time and play this simulation game one more time to see if we have different outcomes. But, but so it will never be proven. Alex has a PhD okay. in... Not quantum physics, but you no, have okay. it in mechanical engineering. Which right, right. Is but he knows what he's talking about. And, but I think we can all agree. I think everybody here would agree that there is an illusion of free will. We all have the illusion that we are deciding at every moment, oh, okay, I'm going to decide to do this. I'm going to decide to forego that. So we do have the illusion of free will. 
even if there's free will, we have the illusion. But, he, but here's the thing. But if there is only illusion of free will, should we be sending people to prison? Let, let me take a more practical thing. Yeah, then there's no responsibility. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. See, this is that, that's, that's a fallacy. That's okay. a fallacy. Of course we, we should. Because the, the act of holding people accountable, accountable for their actions is an environmental causal force that causes people to be more accountable for their actions. Right. So you're saying... So by that, that says that free will exists. As a matter of fact... No, I, no, no. It's, it doesn't say that free will exists. It just says there's a causal influence on people's deterministic behavior. But let me let me throw a more practical thing for somebody listening that's not up on their quantum physics Heisenberg... Heisenberg principle. Principle, yeah. I thought that, that was Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Heisenberg. The Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> so let's say, let's, here's an example. Poverty is, is very much related to where you're born, which is outside of your control, even if you don't, if you believe in free will. Who you're born to, your mom, if you're born in the inner city or in a very poor part of West Virginia, we can pretty much predict with high accuracy that much higher chance you're going to end up in jail. Correct. Much higher chance you're going to end up in drug with drug addiction, alcoholism. <clears throat> so, should we put people in jail for selling drugs in the inner city? Because they're a victim of their circumstance. They're a victim of their circumstance. Well, well, well in your opinion, what are your guys' opinions? Well, well, so I mean, no, it's an interesting question that, that you raise, and, and I guess my response would be that the decision to sell drugs or take drugs, and whether it's an environmental determinant, determinant or whether you have a genetic proclivity to that, or whether you had parents who beat you, or whether you, whatever, there are determinant, there are causal factors that created that circumstance. Yes. Right. What I'm saying is, should you hold people accountable? The answer is yes, because that creates a set of environmental circumstances which is one set of causal variables that affects whether people choose to do that or not. Yeah, but shouldn't you, let's say that's true, but shouldn't you treat people differently? I'll give you an example. If you had somebody who's handicapped, they can't think through stuff. This is an actual case I read about, I don't remember exactly. It was a mother and her handy, somewhat handicapped son. And, but he was like low IQ, like 90 IQ, wasn't that smart? She talked, her son, into helping her kill her ex-husband or her boyfriend, and he did it. I feel like justice is you treat him differently right. because he has an IQ of 90. He's influenced by the mom. Yeah. You can't see him the same yeah. as a yeah. completely cogent person. Yeah. So I if we agree on that, that, but if we agree on that. You have to agree with the other. Thank you. Right. Rome's right. right. Then you should agree that people in the inner city who grew up in horrible circumstances Shouldn't go to maximum security uh, prison and, and for I, selling. I, I, but that's what I, that happens. Yeah, and no, I, I, I agree. I totally agree. You have three strikes in California. Yeah, and so I, just I, to go on the record, I'm for legalizing all drugs. All of them. If I want to take cocaine and blow my brains out, that's my prerogative. Yeah. But we're not going to have a government welfare program that takes care of me if I blow my brains out. Right, so no, there wouldn't be health care for you nope. if you do that. Nope. So do you believe no. there should be universal health care? No, not at all. Not government pay no. for it. It's none of the government's prerogative. So who should take care of the elderly and the sick, in your opinion? Um, their families, uh, philanthropists, what about churches, yeah. churches. 
What if they don't have that? And right. you end up with some people circumstance. What if you have people in poverty and everybody's poverty? Do you leave them? There's no perfect system this side of, of eternity. Uh, here's the thing. I actually there's no feel, perfect system. I actually feel like if we actually go to your system that you think you're is like ideal system for you, you would see all these edge cases and you would want to create a system to take care of them. But because we cannot Yeah, it's see. called philanthropy, it's called caring, it's called community, it's called all sorts of things that our centralized bureaucratic system has uh, destroyed. What's the difference between... I, by the way, on the record, I'm going to go on record. I 100% agree with Joel on this. So I've taken a political stand. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'll give you, I'm going to give you real facts that have been proven over and over. It, projects. I grew up quite a bit in North Carolina around housing projects, okay? Mm -hmm. I, when I moved to North Carolina, we literally moved next door to a housing project. My bus pickup was in the middle of the housing project, and that's how I learned to play basketball. All my friends, funny, I had two sets of friends. I got to know through church, like Zach and Rick and these people, and then I had these inner city friends that I played basketball with. Mm -hmm. And those projects, they should be burned to the ground. And they done a lot of studies on both sides in New York City when they built these towers. My sister, my dad's from Harlem. I asked my dad from Harlem and my aunt, who just died at 99 years old. She's been there. She was born in 1917, I think, in in uh, Puerto Rico, and then came to New York. She said, "When I grew up, we were poor, but we didn't know it. We had a mom and a dad." And she's like, we got one pair of clothes a year, but we thought everybody did. Mm -hmm. And and then the housing projects came in in the 60s and 70s, which they meant well. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you took that away. And these things are the worst. My, my sister's husband works in Harlem. And he's like, Ty, you have no idea what goes on in these projects. He's a painter. He's like, these are hell holes. And people are trapped in it. He doesn't even like to talk to people. He goes fishing. He's like, I work Monday through Friday. He's like, you know how many people I see get killed? This, this, this. Mm -hmm. So you mean well, <laughs> yeah. but you ruin everything. Yeah. You yeah. can't. That's, and that's what only you, what happens with government, right? You, if you can't look just at edge cases because what Joel's saying, because I agree with, if you try to remove all edge cases, edge cases being one family that starves to death, you end up causing mass poverty for 5,000 other people. So somebody has to... And beyond that... So there, there, there's no system where nobody starves to death and takes care of the middle of the building. Blockchain might be able to do it. Yeah. Well, See, blockchain uh, makes it all automated and smart contracts and things... We're talking about performance-driven. If there's no... As long as there's humans, there's people taking kickbacks on the projects... Yeah, I mean, is there there people, right. when there's people and greed and mating, which people want status and money, they're stealing from the poor. So when you do these government, so we came back to robots making decisions. Well, at the at the end, at the end of the day, um, all, you can't have charity that is based in violence. And if you don't pay your taxes, see who gets violent. So, so ultimately, all government charity comes at the end of a gun. The sheriff. They collect taxes. They collect sure. taxes. That's what Joel does. That's what a libertarian like so, Joel does. So, so, so you can't, you can't ultimately have charity that that, that come that is that is that is dependent and predicated 
on violence. Is it? it enforcement, so, so, I call it. If you don't pay your taxes. Enforcement. And then eventually they start taking things from you and you don't come out of the house, they come in with guns. Yeah, which is, I'm, I'm saying. And if you yeah. fight back, they So basically, you. let's put it this way. So, so, so they're, they're going to come in and take and take my possessions and give it to somebody else that somebody a thousand miles away in an office has determined is more deserving of it than letting me spend it the way I want to. And that's charity? Well, so, 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 okay. okay, so let me, let me just add a point here, here to this. Because I think what Joel's saying and translated into my uh, bizarre language uh, is that it, it has <laughs> something to do with copulating. No, that it violates uh, our, our evolved psychology. So we did evolve in small group living. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and in small group living, conflicts arose. How did they resolve themselves? Well, one is, okay, you fuck my wife, I'll kill you. <laughs> okay, yeah, but the other is there are the village elders. You know, yeah. so, so this person, you know, came on my land and stole my shit, mm -hmm. and so I appeal to the village elders mm -hmm. and those so they confer, and then they pass a judgment. Mm -hmm. So it's all a very local situation. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we have this uh, evolved psychology that's designed for small group living. Mm -hmm. We transplant it into this weird modern world where mm -hmm. we have bureaucracies and other weird shit that's making decisions for us. And very big, and, and very big. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's evolutionarily unnatural. Hmm. And this is where I agree with you on this uh -huh. issue. You know, it violates our sense of uh, justice. So, so even things like, like welfare, now, some people, uh, th this taps different aspects of our evolved morality. Some people say, well, I don't want people sponging off my stuff. I work hard for my money, and these other people are not working, and they're just sponging off me. Mm -hmm. That's one. It, it's a reciprocal violation. Okay, free riders. We have we have an evolved mechanism against free riders. We don't like that. But then there's another set of our evolved psychology that is more altruistic. Yes. That is, yes. it, it's it's called need need based transfer. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're running through a hard time in your life. I'm going to help you. The village is going to help you mm -hmm. because when you're running through a hard time, you're like, we're going to help you. Mm -hmm. And there is a kind of a, what's called indirect reciprocity. Mm -hmm. There are different terms for it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but different political groups highlight one or the other aspect yes. of our evolved psychology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Democrat, right? liberal. And I'll tell you this to throw that out. You know, another thing yes. people do, most politics is personality types. It's personality. People who yeah. gravitate towards being a Republican or conservative, they are of one type. They probably have lower open mind. They've done studies on this in the Hexaco score, lower openness to new experience, yeah. lower agreeableness, lower forgiveness. And that's so part of the thing that's good about America is you have these parties that bring out both sides. The part that wants justice. Hey, you work for your money. I'm not going to give you. And then you, I call it the father and the mother instinct. So to me, Republicans, and this sounds a little gender, sexist, whatever. Republicans are more the father side. You fall, you trip, the dad says, life's tough, you know. <laughs> but you also need a mother that goes like, let me come cry on my shoulder. So a lot of the Democratic nurturing. principles are nurturing. It's like, look, you know, Donald Trump came in and cut meals and wheels. A lot of people are like, 
okay, the Republicans are like, why should we have to help Meal and Wheels? And there's a part of me that's like, elders should be taken care of by their kids. But there's also a part of me that's like, do we have to cut that? Couldn't we cut a little bit of yeah, military yeah, exactly. thing? Do we have to start with Meals on Wheels? So I, th- I honestly think we literally spend our life arguing over our personality types, just like you said. Right, right. We're right. a little more aggressive, so we're like, bigger military. Uh, we might have to tolerate a little bit of welfare if they wouldn't call it charity. Because it, if I say I'm going to give your money to that guy, that's not me being charitable. Right. So, let's, right, right. You, you can't really call it charity. Externalities. I mean, I'm not going to. But so I bet you, you should try to get my money to him. Okay, just I'm sorry to uh, reiterate my point here. So, the Ache in Paraguay. They have a food sharing system. It's a tribe, uh, by the way. Okay, so, yeah. So hunting, okay, you think, well, the, the, the good hunter, man, gets a bigger share of the meat. They don't. Right. Okay. Right. The good hunter, all the hunt, the meat from the hunt gets pooled, and there are central distributing systems, and they distribute it basically based on family size and need. Okay. Not true of gathering. This is the interesting thing. Hunting is a high-variance resource. Gathering is not. Gathering is based on how much effort you put in mm-hmm. to get. Yeah. So there, can you what I gather, I'm going to keep for me and my family. Uh-huh. So you're saying gathering tribes are different than hunting no, tribes? No, no, no. Ache are both. Okay. Okay, what I'm saying, but the, 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 the commodities the, are meat resources. Different. So if you're a hunter, you're going to be successful one week. You're not in two, you go two weeks with no meat. Okay, that's why they pool it. So high variance resources, they pool and, and share communally low variance resources that are dependent on your own personal labor mm-hmm. that you keep for yourself and mm-hmm. your family. And so and so that well, so that would be in our society would the parallel be like entrepreneurs who kind of got lucky like So it's like it's, literally, it's like tax system. You hit more than 1 billion dollar a year like revenue, you should have to give you should more. hire more because, because Mark Zuckerberg is, didn't work so much harder that he's worth 70 billion. But you can also play the devil's advocate. <laughs> he works smarter, so it's now not just But it doesn't matter. You can say the same thing about a hunter. It's actually all nutrient density of what you bring in. So gatherers bring like berries versus meat, which is very nutrient-dense. Uh, dense. So he's not be, saying it's that. He's not yeah, saying, no, saying it's, a he's high, saying it's, it's the variability. Yeah, it's sometimes you can be a great person. hunter and nothing yeah. walks by your blind. Yeah, you, but, but what I'm saying is that you capture big prey occasionally that yeah. is like hitting Facebook. Dollars, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't replicate that thing. But so that has to be taxed. And if it is like normal labor, it right. shouldn't be right. 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 The footnote to this, though, is that the good hunters, better they status. benefit in other ways. Better status. Two yes. ways. Yeah, status. Get so, so, so one is... Well, <laughs> come back to me. So, so, so in it all... Okay, so, so all the, money the good hunter uh, takes, a, takes a piece of the... the, the We're going to tax you, but you get all the women. No, so the good hunter <laughs> takes a piece of the prime rib and gives it and says, bring this to my mistress before I go back and distribute it centrally. Uh, so first of all, so the good hunters... <laughs> the mistress. Okay. The good hunters have more mistresses. And second, there's competition to keep the good hunters in the group. And so... Other people are motivated to take good care of the children of uh, the good hunters. 
So they take the splinters out, they make sure they're well fed, etc. So that they don't leave to go to another group. Exactly. exactly. So they don't break off from the Presbyterians and become Methodists. There you go. Or leave America and go to Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly benefits, They're just not, doesn't get directly a bigger chunk of the meat, but there are other indirect benefits. But the thing that I would say, just speaking to Joel too, on top of that is, if you just do a mental experiment, what if you switched it to, let's say, let's just take one thing. You got rid of universal, uh, you got rid of welfare. So the question was, would inner cities which, or, or real rural places, would they get worse than they are now? It can either stay the same, get worse, or get better. That's the only three logical. I mean, how can it get better? How can yeah, inner cities, how can it get worse? You mean? No, that's fine. How can it get better? How can oh, because, we because universal we, healthcare? Let's, take, let's, say, let's do welfare. Healthcare, let's do welfare. You get rid of welfare. I people respond to rewards, and one thing that that Warren, uh, Charlie Munger says: beware of perverse incentives. So, for example, if you're paying per child that people have, people can have more kids. <laughs> right. Right, right. If you get more welfare, right. guaranteed that right. is common sense. What I would introduce, and I totally yeah, agree right. with that, uh, you know, absolutely people are. But one of the things that is critical that people don't take into consideration is the point I raised just a second ago, which is the variance. In inner cities and in the projects, what you have is high variance in resources, partly due to drugs or whatever. So you have some people driving around in, in the Rolls's yeah. uh, and other people, you know, going to McDonald's. When you have high variance in resources, what that creates is in male psychology, I'm going to do the risk taking to gain because I want to get the high resource. That's why there's okay. more crime. Yeah. By male. So this, this is the fascinating study. You say, well, poverty causes X. Well, causes X in different in ways in male brains and female brains, cause male brains to take the risks. The women aren't taking the risks, or at least not as much in those circumstances. So I think the variance in resources is a critical part of the causal explanation for these things. But so if you give, a, there's not enough money. It's you look at the math, you yeah. can't just take all the money. If you gave, took all the money from Bill Gates, it doesn't. It doesn't help. If you gave every penny, yeah. Okay. Let's say is let's take Bezos, hundred billion dollars. And there's 300 Bezos. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I can give 100 billion to 330 million people. How many? How much dollars is that? Yeah, actually, you do the math right now. If you take yeah. if you take U.S. welfare and give it to every person in the U.S., it's thousands of dollars. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's, it's you know, it's $25,000 per person in the U.S., our current expenditure. And where does it go? Wait, so well, I, I, would like, I would like to bring in one other. Yeah. Every American. You, you take the budget, divide it by the number of Americans, and it's like $25,000 a person. I mean, it's, it's, it's it way up. It can't be. GDP of the United States is $45,000 a head. Are you sure about that? Okay, I'm going to look this up. Because the entire GDP of the United States is... Maybe it's not 25, but it's... Yeah. It's big. A few thousand, I believe. It's big. Thousand, it's yeah. big. Okay. Yes. All right. Let me inject one other thing. We're, we're, we're taking a, a contextual, you know, a multi-threaded context and, and trying to strip out one little, one little issue, welfare, okay? In holistic thinking, 
you you can never you can never strip out from a context one little thread because everything relates to everything and, and so you can't you can't just deal with with one are, are you with me? Yeah. So I would just like to inject the fact that in most of the in, in most inner city, especially crumbling inner city situations, Detroit being the number one example, perhaps St. Louis being number two, St. Louis has lost fifty thousand in population every ten years since nineteen fifty. Okay, so if you go to St. Louis today, you will find fully excavated expressways that are now grass fields. They've got actually community gardens on on ramps that were excavated for expressways that they abandoned because the you know Rust Belt. Okay, here's my deal: you can't just look at this as a single issue thing. If Let's take the extreme example of the single mom of four in a, in a food desert. I mean, in my term, a food desert is a, is a big deal, okay? Yeah. Most of those are in very crumbling areas. I mean, Baltimore has 200,000 acres in the city. St. Louis has more than that. Detroit has, I don't know, like 2 million in the city of Detroit. If you, if, if, if the single mom of four who had an entrepreneur, who came to a knowledge society conference on a, on a scholarship sponsorship because somebody Promo. sponsored and said here's a here's an up and comer you know we're going to we're going to sponsor three minority single moms from Detroit to come to the knowledge society entrepreneurial conference okay and she comes and she drinks the Kool-Aid i mean goes home and says man i'm going to start a food business in my Precinct. So she goes to a vacant lot, and she puts in a garden, and she gets some chickens and rabbits, and she starts making, you know, pot pies in her apartment and selling them to the people in the in the complex. City government stuff, right? Within thirty minutes, she's going to have ten bureaucrats knocking on her door saying, "This isn't zoned commercial. You've got to have a fire extinguisher licensed on, on the wall." You've got to have handicapped parking, handicapped access, bathrooms, a hassle plan, uh, uh, all right? Uh, um, you know, approved electrical, uh, a fire code approved. The fact is that freedom and liberty enable way more people than taking the few extreme. Examples of, of of who doesn't get helped in freedom and liberty, and trying to create a bureaucracy to be a, a, a security net for every conceivable extreme in the issue. It, it's not perfection or or horrendous. It's it's it's, it's weighing the risk benefit of two imperfect systems. And I would suggest that in aggregate, the, the, the falling through the cracks element of people in a freedom-based system is going to be less, and people will be more affirmed and empowered in that system overall than a bureaucratic system that's centralized, trying to make sure that not a single person falls through the cracks. 
So if you're interested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and want to learn how to make money with Bitcoin, I'm opening up a brand new Bitcoin crypto academy for you. Crypto is starting to fundamentally change everything from currencies to the very structure behind the internet. And if you don't understand it, you will be left behind. Remember, if you had put $100 into Bitcoin in 2010, you would have over $100 million right now. I don't want you to miss out on the coming opportunities offered by Bitcoin in the cryptocurrency space. So I brought in the best experts in the game, the people that are teaching me and training me, and I'm gonna share that with you because it's not too late to understand Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the blockchain and to make money with it. So to sign up for my new Bitcoin Crypto Academy and learn how to invest, how to make money in this new exciting space, I'm gonna open up room for a few of you to have early access to the new online mentor mastermind. So go to tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast to learn more. So I'm testing the mastermind. So I'm just gonna let a few of you in at a low price and uh, it's already filling up quickly. So if you wanna get in, I'll let a few of you in. So go to tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast, all one word, tylopez.com slash Bitcoin podcast. If the course is closed, when you get to the page, put in your name in the waiting list, you missed out on the first round. Uh, and if you see it, welcome to the group. Glad you didn't procrastinate. Okay, back to the show. Blockchain will solve a lot of this stuff. People, less people will fall through the cracks. There's other ways. I, big government. Look, this is where Joel, you will like cryptocurrency because uh -huh. you're learning about it, as right, you said. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency hates centralized mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, right. It blames most problems on centralized, which maybe is an extreme thing. But I wrote a tweet today that kind of hit me in the shower as I study history. Basically, we follow crazy people. When I read from a personality standpoint, from what I've learned from you, Dr. Buss, like Adolf Hitler is a classic narcissist and probably psychotic and probably Machiavellian. Stalin was extremely Machiavellian. You know, the, uh, Mao Zedong, have you ever read about Mao? Yeah. Mao Zedong oh, killed yeah. the most people of our time, way more than Hitler. Oh, yeah. 50 to 100 million people, way more than Stalin. Yeah, yeah. He may be the most narcissistic person. You don't even have to know what narcissism is. I read his, this, there's this new anthology of him. It's a biography. Probably the most narcissistic human to walk this planet. So what happens in centralized power, because he got centralized, he like ran all of China. Mm-hmm. And then you have Stalin run all of US, well, it wasn't USSR, all of what we call Russia. And then in Hitler, all of Germany and central powers. There's huge problems. And one of them is just the people who want to control are the worst people. And I think the same thing happens even in the US. Mm -hmm. It's the worst are rising to the top. I mean, no offense to Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Obama. They're not the best people. There could be a lot better people. I'm not saying who the worst or the best. I guarantee you. Yeah, in the you, last election, I don't know when I heard more people say, we have 330 million American citizens, yeah. and this is the best we can do. Only two. Really? Yes. I meet people that are sharper. But the problem is, in a centralized, it selects for certain traits. For example, who's the best campaign person? Uh -huh. Why do you want somebody who's good at campaigning? That's uh -huh. completely separate than who's good at Run, debates, administration even debates, that's like debates yeah. bring out people that are great yeah. at debating, yeah. not necessarily being great president. 
So this is what I was saying. The blockchain might be the answer to every conversation we're having where it will just remove that whole thing. Like, Could you unpack that? Well, how will that? So I'll give you a practical thing. Just This is a, just a simple, not a complicated. Right now, unfortunately, a lot of people don't go to vote, right? So democracy works when a, a large number of people vote. What percentage of people actually go to the polls? I mean, to the to the voting station. Do you know? It was higher than what I thought it would be. I think it was like... Well, yeah. 25 to up to 50%. I was, was going to say 35 to 40. Yeah. So let's say 30. Yeah. Well, it's not good. 50%. It's well, not why is 35 good? 35 is not good. Yeah, no. That's 35 right. not. You'll yeah. get more accurate when you have more. I think what if it was as easy as everybody in America votes by going on their iPhone. It's completely high. It's highly secure. It's unmanipulated. That you can't manipulate. It would be almost impossible because everybody could see the transactions on an open ledger and everybody votes. Now, you might say that doesn't matter that much. Well, maybe not in America, but it matters in a lot of countries in the world where Idi Amin or Putin. How many times has Putin won in, in Russia? He wins. How long has he been president for? <laughs> Putin's always president. As long as like what you're suggesting is a blockchain type system. Yeah, because Putin's so, 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 key. Everybody... Decentralized. Decentralized. Everybody in Russia who has a phone. No human can impact. And you can't go to a station where there can be people watching and and it's yeah. just anonymous and everybody feels that way. People are going to vote. So maybe not as much America. for the bullshit is low. Much. It's almost impossible even, to manipulate. Even, even rewarding, like even welfare or all these things. Yes. If you're on blockchain, it's a guy. You know how many people are getting collecting social security on an uncle's social security number that's been dead for 30 years? Right. This kind of thing happens all the time. I mean, just think about money. If you had a whole bunch of money in your bank account, you told anyone in your neighborhood, here's three rules to get the money. If you have a runny nose, if you, you know, haven't had a job for a month and well, what people are going to figure out how to get that money? They're going to put they're going to they're going to put something on their nose that makes it right. That's another one. <laughs> yeah, have a kid. Have a kid. People <laughs> just going to start doing. People we respond to rewards. This is the free will thing. If you ever want to argue free will, or this isn't a free will. This is called free riders. Free riders. Patients to be free riders when it's to our advantage. To be free riders. Yes, but we could eliminate all that. Then you could go deeper with it. For example, I mean, this is. If you want to hear me get super far out on politics, I have seen a system that works. It sounds outrageous to say the only system I've ever seen of leadership that works pretty well, elite, and when I say pretty well, 10 times better than ours, is how they used to do it in the Bible or how the Amish still do it. You can't want to be a pastor. It's impossible to become a leader of an Amish community. It's impossible. If you've, from your childhood, aspired to be the pastor that runs the community, the bishop. First, so this is how they do it. They have a nomination. All the adults, male and female, vote for who they want to nominate. Okay? So in the Amish community, nobody wants to nominate you. They'll never vote for you if you're, like, campaigning. They don't value that. Right, right. But even if they did, if you convince all the Amish... To vote for you because you're a smooth talker. So they vote your nom and they usually normally like four to six people. They literally take straws, out of a hat. put it in the middle mm-hmm. or a hat, and they pick one out. Mm-hmm. That's how you should have leaders. That's why, like in Israel, everybody goes into the army. If you want good police officers, here's a comp- there is zero solution to 
to our current police system of if you think there's police brutality, the only simple solution is you have a blockchain application that literally selects who has to be a policeman for two years. It's like, it's part of, it's like a draft. And then you'll get some nice people, so some mean professional, people. professional uh, people who yeah. live their lives uh, with authority. And who do you think and now applies to be authority? At yeah, people who wow. think applies for the police department. Ain't normal people. There's a few, one out of 10. TSA. Right. <laughs> TSA. But I'm just, at politics, it should be, we should be run by people that don't want to be politicians because they're the, that's what, what did, what's his name say? I do, W.C. Fields, I do not want to be part of any club that will, will have me as a member. That yeah, was, uh, that's yeah, W.C. Uh, Fields, Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx. Yeah. So what happens is, if I study history, General Custer was one of the most narcissistic people oh, yeah. in history. And he led, people don't realize, Custer, Mm-hmm. Last stand was a disaster for America. It caused the Native American wars. We went to war against them. It was, it's all these bad things about America. You go through history, even George Washington, not to be controversial. I know some people here yeah. love George Washington, but George Washington, nope. he had his slaves. And I just read the story of Ona Judge, who she ran away. He moved to a free, he, when he was president, he went to a free, it was free. And she ran away, and he hunted her down. So, well, the Whiskey Rebellion was yeah. the first time American troops were used against American citizens, yeah. right in George Washington's day. And it was because the far, the Western farmers in Pennsylvania figured out how to take apple nutrition to Philadelphia via brandy. Washington, George Washington had the biggest brewery, uh, the biggest. Distiller, thank you. Distiller, that's what the word I was looking for. Um, in America at, at the time, at the time, and he didn't like all that brandy coming in from Western Pennsylvania. But you know, in a day before refrigeration, that was the only way to get apple nutrition in a bouncy ox cart to Philadelphia for a week. You couldn't send apples; they'd all been bruised and mushed. So you made brandy, and you could send bottles and preserve the nutrition. In bottles, but Washington didn't like the competition, and he thought they were making an end run around him. And so, let's go. Remember this: absolute power corrupts absolutely every time. And yeah. so, what I'm saying is, all these questions to me are common sense. If we make absolute power around universal health care, it's gonna something's gonna get corrupt up there. First of all, as far as I know, Obamacare forced people to buy insurance from a private company. There's zero chance there's not some corruption. Imagine getting that contract with Obama. There's no way. If that was on the blockchain or even Donald Trump, what was the thing in Puerto Rico? There's one company, this small firm in Wisconsin, got the rights to rebuild all of Puerto Rico yeah. for like hundreds of millions. Yeah, of I mean, they revoked that, but yeah. Yeah, they revoked yeah. it because yeah. it got out. Right. Oh, boy, trust me. hadn't got right. out. Look, I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. If I'm friends with Obama and he and I got a healthcare company, and Obama's like, "Hey, I'm gonna do a healthcare thing," I'm gonna be like, "Man, I've seen you in a while. I have with you. Have I told you about my great company? Look, they couldn't even get a website up. They built the world. Remember that website? Twenty-five million dollars. Twenty-five million, and it crashed. I could build that myself. Yes. We could build this for a pro- how much should a website like seven thousand dollars? Yes, it should cost seven thousand. <laughs> Centralized power is a disaster. But 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 realize again in context, why did we have 
a dysfunctional uh, a dysfunctional healthcare system is because everybody eats junk food. Well, no, no. It, it, you back up. You you back start backing up, backing up, and what you find is the wage controls that FDR put in as all part of the new interventionist New Deal, employers didn't have a way to reward workers because they couldn't wage control. They couldn't they couldn't pay them more. So so they're looking around. Well, how, how can we reward this good guy over here? Oh well, we'll buy him health insurance. Right. And so so the whole idea of an employer of, of, of a worker being entitled to health insurance through his employer was a man, an artificially manipulated context created by manipulation of Franklin Delano, what I call him Roosevelt-ski, um, <laughs> nice communist, um, uh, you know, at, at, that, at that time. Well, think about ethanol, the most harebrained oh, idea to, oh, yeah, to save the planet. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. The main thing destroying the soul is corn, how it's grown now. It's like no to even no-till corn is a nightmare. But they're plowing up the Brazilian rainforest, the Argentina pampas, all this stuff, to grow ethanol, which <laughs> then to save the planet. So it's like, let's destroy the planet two steps and then bring it back one step. But here, Central, here that was centralized, though. Yeah, here, yeah, here again, I don't have a problem philosophically with ethanol. You know, if it's part of a of a holistic, multi-speciated, you know, system, the problem is that when you have government subsidies to go out and build a you know hundred million dollar uh, plant, that infrastructure then dominates the decision making, uh, the whole decision making yeah. freedom of of however far out in a radius it has to go from that plant. To feed that plant, so our our infrastructure determines what we do. It doesn't matter whether we need ethanol, whether it is valuable, whether it destroys the soil or anything. By gum, we built that three hundred million dollar facility, and we're going to make sure that keeps going. And that's why our single use industrial scale infrastructure comes back to haunt us because it's not retrofitable. And we become emotionally and economically dependent on it, and it then controls our decision making for the next you know, foreseeable. Yeah, I mean all these things. But, but, a, but a backyard, a backyard ethanol facility where a guy's you know got four or five acres, and he's that's wonderful. That that should be part of a of a you know multi-dimensional. Yeah, uh, not plowing up. Two million acres of pump no, with one no, guy no, on a huge no, tractor. No, no, no. But that, that, I'm telling you, you'll like this, Alex. At the end of the day, everything comes down to money, unfortunately. <laughs> money, it's like if you sniff all the way back through, yep. like whiskey revolution, <laughs> war, da, da, da. It's yeah, like yeah. you always end up sniffing right to a pile of dollar bills. It's like, yeah. okay, that. I could something now smelled in here. Yeah. So I now do, I do like that you're not red or blue, but you're green. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm libertarian. Is that what you? Well, no. I mean, it's Joel. You've had an influence on me. I'm probably not, not green environmentalist, <laughs> but green. I mean, it, you're green money. In other words, oh, green you money. Might, you might be. Red what color is cryptocurrency? Yeah. <laughs> it's transparent. Digital. It's light. transparent. It's light. Joel and I are going to make a decision of our own free will 
to stand up and walk out of this room, and the rest of you are going to have to sit here and wait till your neurons bump up against each other. No, this is a once-in-a-lifetime conversation. I know. We need to have some Red Bull for you. Uh, Red Bull will alter your neurons. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Or would lift your spirit. There you go. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't say in, in, in a short order we would do that. I'm just saying oh, you're just saying at some point. I thought you were saying enough of this nonsense conversation. I need more Dr. David Buss because Dr. David Buss sometimes forgets how smart he is and just said stuff as if we're all supposed to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like the dualistic Cartesian. And I see him like, stop. Because no one's responding, and we're like, but we don't know exactly what that means. He's expired. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I think about when I think about the coexistence of physical and that. And even him when he's giving his explanations, I literally I'm gonna use this on dates going forward. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not coalitional psychology. I think was a no, but what the best part is he was trying. We weren't getting his point, so he was making it with the same terms he did before. He still wasn't getting it. He was like, the variance. <laughs> we're all like, that still doesn't prove the point because we don't understand you. So he said the same thing twice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not the way to explain something people aren't dead. Okay. We need, the only thing that would make this better, Zach, we need Ben Shapiro and, Mi- and Michael Knowles. And Rush Limbaugh. No, God. <laughs> it would just make it awesome. But here's some, we need somebody in the spirit of, of, of fairness right here. Who would be somebody that can, is good representing the Democratic side? You gotta always have all yeah, sides. Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Bill, oh no, no. Bill Maher. So. Rome, who do you think makes the great Michael Knowles book? And you'll find some suggestions. So, Doctor Bus, would you say you? Are more Republican or Democrat? Uh, neither, actually. Okay. Libertarian? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, communist? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't because you have to fit one of these labels. Or our brain will blow. Definitely not communist. Although, have you ever read Karl Marx? I'm telling you, I'm, Karl Marx is one of the most intelligent. He, oh, that guy, I can see why communism took over half of the world. You read it, and you're kind of like, hmm. It is kind of exploitation of labor. I hire people to work for me, and they get paid less than they're worth to me. If I can get an employee who does marketing and makes me a million dollars, and he only wants 50 grand, I'm like, yay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's, I'm just trying to be fair. So when he says there's an exploitation of labor, I mean, it becomes semantics. And this, Joel, I'm going to tell you something. I want to, I want to steer this. I want to hear your, your smart people's opinion. The honest solution, which probably will never happen, will be a return to small village life. Uh, you were taught, you called it, what did you call it? Small group small living? Group, yeah. So one thing I heard from Joel, which when I was there at 19 and I've now lived out, cities cause a lot of problems. Now, to be fair, cities cause a lot of increase in creativity and there's a lot of good things out of it, but centralization of people causes a lot of problems too. Whether it's how we grow food, people are, you want a reason it's common sense is gone 
It's because when you're detached from like mm-hmm. simple things yeah, yeah. like I grow my own food, mm-hmm. when there's half the kids in the inner city mm-hmm. do not really know that yogurt comes from cows. I promise mm-hmm. you that. Mm-hmm. When you get that de- detached from reality, it makes sense that you're detached from lots of realities. Mm-hmm. And so common sense, as I see as an entrepreneur, I just realized like if you want to make a million dollars a year now, there's so many tools. It's basically like a series of probably about 300 common sense decisions. What am I good at? Okay, I'm going to build. What do people want? Like, and I see people detach from that. This old guy, older guy came to my house. He's probably like 65 or 70. And he's like, I made an app. I retired. I made an app. I need your opinion. And so I looked at app. It was probably the worst idea. It was like solving a problem no one cared about. It's like underwater basket weaving app. Okay. And I was like, did you put a lot of money in building this? He's like, put my entire life savings of $1 million. I told him, you just lost all your money. So that's a detachment from common sense. A simple farm kid, I feel like, who grew up connected and had to, you know, okay, the barn door fell off the house. I got to get hinges. They can do like this sequential logical stuff. Okay, I need that. The barn's half a mile away, so let me make a list for myself. So I walk there, do this. All that's lost. It's just, I'm telling you, Joel, it's lost. It doesn't matter if I hire somebody. I, I have somebody working for me who has an Ivy League degree. They make the worst decisions by far of anyone I've hired. And PhDs I've hired. It's like, it's no relevance. You're a smart PhD, but... It's uncorrelated. I, you I, have I, a PhD I, because you were smart. It's not the other way. The PhD didn't it, make it, you smart. It is because the people are protected. So your yes. survival does not depend on making good decisions anymore. Therefore, you've been making terrible decisions all your life, and you somehow are here, still here. You have not died. Yes. Therefore, you just never learn how to make good decisions. Yeah, because discernment is like a muscle. Yes. Yeah, the sermon it has to be exercised and not exercised. You love this time. I was uh, did a speech in the Canary Islands. They brought me over there to do a speech, and uh, it was it was shortly after the election. And of course, if you remember the election, this is the, the Trump Hillary election. If you remember the the map of the U.S. and the red and the blue, and I mean the map looks almost red. Mm-hmm. The blue is. Coastal. On the west coast, yeah. it's, oh, it's totally coastal, yeah, and it's totally urban. When, when they when they did it by whatever by county or precinct, you know, blue is is completely urban, and red is completely rural. And so at this conference, uh, it was all about living sustainably, and they had you know cities that have that, that have put in uh, you know, no motorized vehicles for three days, you know, and, and it was. Very interesting, but 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 for sure, all of the, the the big wheels that were speaking, they were extol, they were Wendell Berry, you know, extolling the virtues of the agrarian mind and 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 farmers and indigenous wisdom and the people that work the earth and how how whatever uh, uh, commonsensical they are versus Monsanto and the scientists in the laboratory. Are you with me? Okay, so this this was a demeanor. This was a, a lot like, like a, you know, a kind of threat, you know, through the... Con- okay, so... <clears throat> no, for the record, I didn't vote for Trump. Okay, I didn't vote for Hillary. Anyway. Um, I was a libertarian, which, I, which I've done for many, many, many elections. Um, so, anyway, um, so we're having dinner, and they start, I mean... 
I'm the only American at, at this table. And, you know, there's Canary Islands, there's a guy from the Netherlands, France, uh, all, and they just start. How, how can you even, how can you even go back to America? And they just start just haranguing on the election and Trump, and you know, how, how these people could be so stupid and all this stuff. So I just let this conversation run for a while, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, a thread of this conference, all of you guys have been saying how people that are close to the land and on the land and farm, you know, how, how, how they're better stewards, they have more understanding. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So have you seen that map of the election? <laughs> yeah. I said, where's the Trump votes? It's in rural America, where the farmers are. And they just... <laughs> you messed up their conversation. <laughs> I did. I did. And they hated me. They, I mean... He was asked to leave the Canary Island. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... Persona non grata. a passport. It's no I good. Mean, it was just silence. And they just changed the subject and, and didn't... That was it. Removed from the agenda. It, 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 it was it. It was it. They couldn't. They couldn't come to grips with their own. Well, they've been had, and they knew it. You know, they, they, Zach just says liberals. That's how Zach explains that. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, whether you, you know, whether you did or not, and and and, and uh, it, I just. But I, do you think Gary Johnson that, wasn't that the, the libertarian guy? Yeah. Did you, wasn't he weak? somewhat of a incompetent? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah. They were like, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was like, what's that or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, well, yeah. He, he was certainly not. He was certainly not the best. That's what I'm saying. But Libertarians too centralized too. They got they have a freaking yeah. party, right? So parties attract yeah. people that want to be. Yeah. The, well, it's almost just, like non. It's almost ironic. I want to be the centralized leader of a non-centralized movement. It does. <laughs> it's libertarian of all of them should start by randomly picking somebody. Or not randomly, but picking out of a pool. Yeah, well, we just we just don't have it in our psyche, I think. To, I don't know. Blockchain. Anyway. I, my, Blockchain going to change all this. My, I'm telling you. And this is better than AI. It's not artificial intelligence. It's like human. I, by the way, you know what I believe? No, what it is a we need is a new AI. Yes, it is. Agrarian intelligence. Yeah, okay. Or... <laughs> Joel, listen to this. I couldn't help it. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Yeah. Mating intelligence we could have. We have, we have no collaborative intelligence is the one I bet I bet everything on. I don't think it's gonna be cyborg machines. It's gonna be if you can connect all seven billion people together, it'll be more powerful than any supercomputer that's gonna come out in hundred years. There's no way Adolf Hitler would have come to power if everybody in the world voted. There's no way. Germans got tricked into it. The whole world would. Anyway, Dr. Buss, I have a question for you. Enough of me. I already know what I think. This is why I don't take too many stands, because then I say too much, and I don't listen to the other smart people. So, See, I go- thought you were going to say something different by what you were, the threat you started, which was that the um, uh, group intelligence was um, greater than individual brilliance. It is. Hey, I thought that's the path that the That's path. what he says. It's actually okay. That's what blockchain is. Yes. He tells okay. me all the time. Okay. Okay. I still Which is like, kind of like you. Yeah, yeah. In 75 years, I'm going to be like, I bet you all the money I'll I have. 
in five years. I double you. No, I think Ty's right on, on this, and I've changed my view on it. Because I uh, used to think, okay, it's the brilliant individual innovator, but when you go back in the history of science and the history of ideas, you realize that these brilliant innovators, yeah, they took a slightly larger step than the others, but that design space would have been discovered regardless. Yes. I, 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 That's what we're doing is we're exploring design space. I don't think it's brilliance. I think it's courage more than anything else. Basically, you have the balls to kind of like transcend a given construct of thinking. So everybody thinks one way. You just dare to think different. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I or you just say it. But other people think. Yeah, yeah, or that, or that. Yeah. Like right, you right, just dare to think contradict this, this other notion that, that when you have, I mean, and it's the Darwinian process, kind of what you described, what you do with your ads. Like, say so you have 50 different variants, 500 variants, and see which ones work. Right. Okay, so when you have five million, five billion people producing variants, see which ones work, that's going to produce a more intelligent set of solutions, potentially, or than the single brilliant, innovative scientists, but with the caveat that there are these brilliant, innovative scientists that do make a larger leap than most right. other people. But they also caused a lot of the trouble. So if I, people don't read enough history, they cause trouble. Trouble, uh, yes. They cause big trouble. I, I think innovators. both of them are ways to, to move forward. So having a lot of people making a lot of mistakes to find the winners is one approach to win. Also having one person literally sitting down and figuring something out and making a big leap forward is another solution. Sometimes A works, sometimes B works. Both of them can work. Yeah. yeah. Common sense kicks in at high numbers. High numbers is a beast. By the way, if you believe in American democracy, you really believe what I'm saying. It's the underpinning of America. You cannot have a centralized king. Nothing that smacks of that. Concerned about, you know, they said informed electorate is the is the bedrock. So you're not concerned that. You, you democratize so that you got 300 million, but well, not 300 million, but 200 million, mm -hmm. whatever voting. You're not concerned that they're not informed enough. Well, first of all, the no media is the worst. Way. way you got to de you got to deconstruct. You shouldn't have centralized media. That that doesn't work. CBS, CNN, all these things—they're easy to manipulate. I promise you. I'm telling you this as somebody who doesn't even like politics that much. I know exactly how they get an article to the top. There's SEO manipulation of Google. So when you type in things, things get in the top. They phrase things, insert, I'll give you the perfect example. This is, a, this is something where I think they did Trump wrong, okay? I'm not a Trump supporter or hater. This is the most ridiculous thing. Trump gets elected. A month later, I read this article and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. It said largest resignation of State Department heads in history. So I'm like, oh my gosh, all these smart people at the State Department are like, we're not gonna handle. So I click on the article. First paragraph's like, two people, two out of five or something, or four out of five people, he fired three of them. One of them was like, it was his time to resign because of the eight. No, that's, that's, but if you only read the top. Yeah. So what you have to yeah. do is you cannot have a, a fair modern media cannot be what we have now. It has to be lots of people paid a little bit, not one person paid a lot.
because one person paid a lot, we'll figure out how to get paid more. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And our media is not to, you can't, that's why I don't like politics. I feel like I can't actually know what's going on. Does Donald Trump lay in bed all day? Say, oh, one guy said he says he lays in bed all day and watches six hours of the news. Other people are reliable sources are like the man's a hardworking dude. He's an entrepreneur. What am I supposed to believe? Yeah, I have too. to fly the to the White House. The criticism of Donald Trump, though, some of that you don't need to get it from the media. It comes from him. You make your own decisions based tweets. on you. I mean, not, not, I mean, you yeah, make you your own decisions based, based on his own. But Twitter, everybody says it's bad that Donald Trump has Twitter. I think it's good. It's decentralized. It's he just says what he wants to <laughs> say. You can vote. You can read it and go. I like this guy or I don't like it. Why do we need an intermediary? I'm totally with Donald Trump on him being able to use and let him post outlandish things. Then you can decide whether you agree with his outlandish things. That's actually Twitter is an example of blockchain. It's an ugly old version. So, the so what, what is the definition of blockchain? So the new point of like 1.0 would be like Twitter. Everybody gets an account and Donald Trump can just tweet for himself. So if you want to know what Donald Trump believes, if he says, I think Haiti is a shithole, that's his tweet. We don't have to hear secondhand. It's probably accurate if Donald Trump says it and he reaffirms it on TV, on a video. Video would be a point of blockchain. If you see Donald Trump sitting there on a live thing going, I hate Haiti, you're getting it firsthand from them. Before that, we had like news reporters. Journalists, by the way, are one of the most correlated with psychopathy. Journalists are highly related to psychopathic mental diseases. CEO. So I still don't know what So 3.0. <laughs> so 3.0 will be a new system, a newer system, for example. You know how they say, like, sources said Donald Trump lays in bed all day? Those sources will kind of be able to be anonymous, but not necessarily. So what will happen is somebody will go on their phone who's an aide to Donald Trump. They'll say Donald Trump is sleeping all day. They'll press submit. But there's 30 other aides who also see that message come through. And 29 of them go, bullshit, he does not. So the blockchain verifies that that first person's lying. None of us are there with Donald Trump, right? But if 29 of his aides anonymously can say that other one is bullshit, then we discard it. It's not news. So 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 it's verification. So it's a way of increasing the accuracy of the information. Yes. Okay. Yes, which you know is the it most decentralized way. In a way that's not, hard to hack. We are not. You would have to. Submitting. You would have to go pay off all twenty nine yeah. aides, which we know is hard. If you start slipping hundred bucks to one of them, maybe you can keep them quiet. If I go and try to pay, we know. Right. What is that? The cartel effect. You know, then economics. When you ever have a cartel, if the cartel's too big, someone will cheat. So someone will take it and go, "Hey, I just got paid a hundred. Ty tried to slip me a thousand bucks." So by ha- me having to corrupt that system of 30 aides having to verify a piece of information, I'd have to pay off 30, which becomes very hard. Now imagine there's a five, th- here's a blockchain application. 200 years ago, you're like, Bob shot, uh, Alex shot Joel for no reason. There's no cameras. Alex is very convincing. Joel is dead. Nobody's in the room. How do we know? If Alex is convincing with a great lawyer, he walks free. But what if there's video cameras everywhere? That's what changes things. 
video cameras. Now we see Alex stand up over Joel. There's audio. I hate you. Boom. Right. That's why uh, he goes I, to jail. That's blockchain 1.0 with okay. a video camera. Okay. Yeah, but what if it's better? We know videos aren't everywhere, but what if blockchain's everywhere? Everywhere. Police brutality. Well, but you know these cameras all right. Rodney King got beat. I mean, they still would have quit it the first time. That's because it was 1.0 blockchain. And so what they said was, you didn't see what happened before. That's how, that's how the whole dog, that was the big thing. They were saying the guy was on PCP before we turned the cameras off. He was throwing us all around, all this stuff. But imagine it was 24-7 a way to verify. That couldn't be corrupted. That any of those... For example, any of those policemen could submit anonymously, dude, we're all lying. Anonymously, but verifiably. But verifiably, because other people have to, it's complicated, but the hashing. Blockchain is everybody's. uh, So the person, so the person, so one person cannot vote many times, for example. Body cam. Body cam. So that's everybody's blockchain. The whole idea is that it's hard to get. So hard to gain. The whole concept is how to build systems that are hard to gain. Oh, it's powerful. Like I said, just think of it as that analogy. It's a stupid analogy, but it kind of gets. But it is also dumb and blunt. So when you put smart contracts in place, they don't depend on somebody making a great, it's like it's just the hammer drops. So there's, yeah, there's a smart, imagine justice that says if it's proven that you murdered somebody, automatically you're dying. Yeah. You're just dead. So, so for example. And you, it doesn't make mistakes. So that would stop murder more. If you knew. Yeah. No. Well, mur- murder is why I advise people against murdering. Because primitive technology, there's about a 70% solve rate. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. A highest solve rate of any crime. Dr. Murder. David Buss wrote a book called The Murder Next Story. He is actually a world expert on murder. He didn't write from his personal experience, I don't think. That's That's important to clarify. (laughs) You don't have a lot of anecdotal experience. So on the first time I murdered somebody. Or the anecdotal experience I want to keep under wraps for now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to subject it to blockchain. Do you think the world could ever go back to small groups? Because evolutionary mismatch is basically the problem with dating, love, marriage, business, depression. Almost everything that humans don't like Part of this evolutionary mismatch. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a great question. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that there's some ways in which we do create a small group living in modern urban context. So the effective group that we live in is not the the millions or thousands, but our neighborhood and whatever. But I agree. I mean, I think the mismatch is a huge problem. Mismatches. What do you think are the biggest mismatches? If you had to fix one. Uh, and Joel will probably relate to this, um, low activity level, okay? People don't get out and uh, expend energy, a lack, lack of You mean exposure. like sitting in chairs or at a desk yeah, all yeah, day? Yeah, they're not out. I mean, you think of how our ancestors lived, okay? They hunted, they gathered. They were outdoors all the time, active. Exposure to sunlight, living in groups, people that they trusted, okay? Kin groups, uh, as as well as uh, non-kin groups that they trusted that over time you learned to rely on because they were trustworthy. This was an issue that came up in mm-hmm. your conference, mm-hmm. trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so so uh, and then and then food uh, is another mm-hmm. mismatch. You know, mm-hmm. we're eating shit that you know mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. uh, good for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and Joel's been trying to correct that. So those are the four that I would identify. What about depression? As. Let's talk about that for a second. Do you think we're depressed? Somewhat because we've created this world that makes us more likely to be depressed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think those four things, just to start with. So there, there are depression psychotherapies now that try to narrow the mismatches. So increase activity level, increase exposure to sunlight, hang out with people that care about you and you care about uh, physically. Yeah, physically, not not on Facebook. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. that's the that's the worst thing. And I'll give you one <laughs> one common example. So, so, and I hear this. Uh, there's this a perfect couple. Okay, it's like they have two they're two successful academics. They have two beautiful kids, and they post all their happy pictures on Facebook of their two beautiful kids. They're getting divorced now, and everyone's shocked. And I kept trying to tell people, they're, what uh, they post on Facebook is not what their lives uh, are actually right. like. Uh, you know, it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and and lo and behold, it is. But people <laughs> think, oh, if only I could have that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and this is an issue that I think came up in the conference today, mm-hmm. in a slightly different context. And we do with this with mates. Okay, we have a small amount of information about potential mates. And we interpolate positive values in the blank spaces where we lack information. So I don't know how emotionally stable this person, how dependable, how whatever, but we, when we fall in love with them, we get attracted to them, we think they have positive values on all those characteristics. Mm. The more we get to know them, we realize, no, <laughs> yeah. they don't. Actually, they're much lower on this set of things. So. We create this weird, idealized um, set of uh, beliefs about what people are and what they should but be. But if there was in a smaller group, let's say you grew up in a smaller town, yeah. you knew everybody yeah, exactly. from childhood. Yeah, you yeah. knew that that was a dependable person from a good family, right. so you had better information. See, it all comes down to information. Yes. So you'd be yeah, more absolutely. connected. And in the modern yeah. world, manipu- mm-hmm. information gets manipulated. It's well, easy to manipulate. And, and, and I would yeah. suggest even that there's mm-hmm. another, another uh, element, and that is scale. Scale isn't everything, but scale scale is something. Scale does change dynamics of a group, of your ability to know, of the So you're saying when a group's too big, you so, just so, can't so you say, you, you're, you're, asking, you're asking David, you know, can we go back to small villages? All right, well, I would argue that's, that's probably not likely, okay? But I would go to the other end and say, do we... I'll, I'll posit we're not going to go back to small villages, but then I would ask, do we have to have a Los Angeles the size of Los Angeles is? Right. I mean, is there some is there some middle ground? Can, can we not have the art museums and the and the ball teams and whatever you know else debating societies and theater? Can, can we not have that with a city that's half the size of LA? If half the population moved to Oklahoma and Nebraska. I mean, I'm just... So do you think it would be better if Virginia, for example, was Mm -hmm. its own country? If its own country? Could it be? Let's say it was possible with technology. And you could self-regulate. There was a simple self-regulation. Would the world... That would be an example of smaller scale. America's 330 million people. North Carolina, when I lived there, was like 8 or 10. Virginia's Mm -hmm. probably 10, 15 million. Yeah. I I, I think if we took took 
90% of what we've irrigated to the federal level and went back to the state with that level of autonomous control, I think it would be very, very different. So now you're agreeing with what I said at the beginning, that my guess in 100 years is you won't have the same borders. There won't be did, a did, big did, United did, States. Did you know this, that right now there are 33 states with active secession? Yeah, secession California programs. has one. Yeah. It was in the news. Yeah. I say we partition off San Francisco <laughs> in its own place. Texas will be first. Yeah, so, yeah. Texas already is. Well, 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 yeah, there's Texas and there's Austin. Those are two different That's right. Texas <laughs> is San Francisco. All right, Austin is San Francisco. Yeah, People's yeah. Republic. Yeah. Yeah. People's Republic. Right, right. Right. Well, now, now you're back to kind of the whole James Dale Davidson thing, the sovereign individual. Have you read that book? I haven't. He, he was the founder of the National Taxpayers Union. And he wrote a book. Oh, this has got some age on it now. Probably 25 years ago, it was one of the first big epiphany prophetic books that I read, The Sovereign Individual. And he talked about the rise and fall of the the nation state and how the nation state is a very artificial human construct that tribalism is the historic norm. Yeah. Everything bad. You know why everything bad in Germany was after Otto von Bismarck? Made Germany come together, and then these guys went to war in 1914, World War I, two-thirds people were killed or maimed. Then 15 years, there Germany went after, and it was a nightmare. You know, when my grandma was, parents was young, there was no Germany. There was Pomerania, Prussia, there was uh Moravia. There was, my grandma's parents remember when there was no Germany. And before that, there was the Huns. Yeah, that was a different time. <laughs> what do you think? Should, questions, other controversial things. Would the world be, the, the income tax as we know it is new. Oh my. Yeah. 150 years ago, there's yeah. no income tax. Should there be an income tax? Alex, do you have an opinion? Yes. Why? Because of externalities. So the fact that I make an income comes at the at a little bit of cost <clears throat> that the environment and infrastructure around me provides to me. So right. I kind of pay back. So a like your bit. employees drive to work on a road, road. they destroy Therefore the road I, a little bit. Yeah, so I pay in so that the roads are paved so that they the infrastructure exists for me to make that happen. Is there a better way to do that though than income tax? For example, tolls on the roads. So if your employees mm-hmm. don't drive, mm-hmm. why do you have to pay that? Mm-hmm. Or um, like the Amish, they don't use schools at all, because or they don't is, use Social Security, but they still have to pay it. And it they is, gladly do it, but it doesn't seem very fair. Because it's not just use of infrastructure. It's also things like, you know, taking care of orphan kids. So Which, they're not Alex, using... You, that, that's that, not a big thing anymore. Just so well, you know. I mean, don't, 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 <laughs> Alex is back orphan Andy. Kids with bad families okay. being taken care of. Orphanages are definitely on the decline. They they were bigger a while. Well, we have we have foster care. Foster, we, we foster don't care. really have orphanages. Foster, foster, foster care. Okay. So that's not exactly use of infrastructure. It's investing in the future of humanity so that they can produce they can have output in the future. But that's not the question. Should it be centralized in Washington, D.C., as opposed to 
And what, San Francisco's city government is no, a lot the, more the, the better? Way, the way the founders envisioned it and the way that it worked up until 1914 was the reason for the U.S. census was to get a census of the states because we are the United States of America. It's not a democracy. It's a republic. That's why I right. never use the word democracy. You should never vote for anybody that uses the word democracy. It's a republic. <laughs> And it's the United States of America. So the powers not specifically given to the federal government were given, were, were, were by default given to the states. So on, on that note, I'm going to send myself to bed. Yeah. But, but I, I, want to say I think it, most of it, us are going to follow. It, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for organizing yes. this. Yes. No, thank you guys. an amazing yeah. event. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It really is. People have time is undefeated. And it's 2.36 in the morning, yeah. and everybody's slowly fading. Yeah, it's very Alex has, was extremely talkative at the beginning. <laughs> slowly, the number of words per minute has gone to about one per hour. <laughs> Orphanages and most of the last. Two more hours. No Red Bull. I'm good. <laughs> you liking it that much? Tell yes. me Ben Shapiro next time. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Joel. I came out with you, man. Good, to see you Good talk. All right, guys. Thanks for being involved.